Samir, when you're making a film that is so close to everything that is about you, and has your family in it, has your home country, do you almost see yourself as a third person, or how do you objectively see yourself from another's eyes when editing, when filming? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, the, it, it's always a, a, a principle, you know, as a filmmaker. Uh, are you part of it or not? Because you are always part of it. You are influencing the scene, even in documentaries. There is nothing like uh, I'm objectively, you know, uh, describing the things. It's, it's not possible, you know. You, you enter a room with the camera and already you have an interaction with everything, ev even the things in the, in the room. So, um, in, the, in this documentary it was even <laughs> really, it was really heavy because uh, I knew everyone by heart and I knew myself also of course now in my age a little bit better how I get fastly upset or how, how I can intrigue with charm or well, whatever you, you know yourself better and um, but you forget it you know because you are with your family so I, I it was very difficult for me you know to um, sometimes I made even uh, on my own the camera so uh, I forgot a lot of things because I was so much touched emotionally with, with my relatives. It, it was difficult. I think it was the most difficult film in my life. Well, speaking of which, and I know you've made many films, but was it difficult for your friends and family to see you as a filmmaker when you'd instruct them for the interview? Because they knew you in another realm as Samir the person, mm -hmm. but now you're Samir the director, and so was it hard at some times? Did you have to maybe say, I need you to stay in one place? Mm. Now, if you have seen the film, you have maybe noticed that uh, the reaction of the people are different in front of the camera. And also how they use the language is different. You know, like if you would understand Eric, you see my uncle in, in, in London, which is starts, you know, with the suit and, and the tie and everything. At the end, he has everything <laughs> lost. <laughs> And even in his language, he started with fusha, means uh, the classical Arabic, you know. And as more as he got emotional, he, f he forgot it and he started to talk in the Iraqi dialect. <laughs> the other one, my cousin Jamal in Moscow, which is perfect in English, perfect in French, perfect in Russian, perfect in Arabic, I mean, any language. He was so much aware that I came with the camera. So he was the only one which surprised me when I asked him, so which language should we talk? You know, that was the only rhetorical introduction um, to the scene. Straight away he said, I want to talk English because I want to be understood by everyone. And everyone in his mind is everyone, the whole world. <laughs> so, so he started to tell me his story in, in, in English. And my aunt in, in, in uh, Auckland, she is more the emotional type, uh, even if she's a doctor and she has always, you know, if, w w when she talks how, how her husband died, she's in a very, very distant uh, description of, of, this, of this happening. And uh, 
she later on cried, not in front of the camera, but her story she told me really with a very warm and uh, very emotional way, you know, she, she was laughing, she was, she forgot the camera, totally. And, uh, and the other one was my, my uh, half-sister in Buffalo, you know, you, you have seen her, everything is perfect. Right. And, and beautiful girl. Yes, yeah. and she tries to control everything because I believe that she was the only one which really, really grew up in a total chaos, you know. First her mother died, then her father, my daughter, my father died. Uh, then she grew up in, in a huge family as an adoptive girl, an adopted girl with my uncle. Then uh, she grew up surrounded by, by the decline during the embargo in the 90s and then the war and the post-war chaos and terrorist actions around. So I, I think she, she is very strong and also in her language she tried, you know, to, to speak, uh, you know. Yeah, so nice. <coughs> I was confronted by not object, they were all subject. They, they it, it, it was not, a, you know, a situation like asking and answering. It was not an interview, it was really, uh, that work was much more close to oral history, you know, of anthropologists. <laughs> Even if I'm not scientific, you know, and I ha they were not a tribe, they were my family. But the, the, I would say the work was much more uh, a, a work of, of an anthropologist, <laughs> which is part of the tribe. <laughs> I would describe it like that. So um, it was really something different, totally different on everything I have done. You know, e even the last film about the Iraqi Jews was very emotional, and uh, because the the the, the, the men I found were the same generation like my father, my uncles, my aunts, and I had a very, you know, an immediately uh, a, a very strong uh, tie to them. You know, so so it was a real bond. Till yet, we are still exchanging. Samir, do you make movies because you love the process or because you have to? Ah. You're asking really interesting questions. Um, in the first place, I always thought uh, I, I love filmmaking. You know, when I remember how I, I went into this business, uh, I, I remember I was <clears throat> only one year at the art school and they told me I have to go for drawing or for photography and I refused. I thought drawing is, I was excellent so I was, I thought this is boring to be, to be alone, to be alone, you know. And photograph I missed, I thought that's so stupid. The, you know, the world is moving, why should I take only a picture? <laughs> so I decided to go and uh, make an apprenticeship as a typograph, because I loved typograph, typography in general, and writings, and you see that in my films. All of them are full with, with uh, any alphabet <laughs> and words, because I, I believe words are are like 
there there are not only graphics there if if you if you use the right types you you create an image uh, which is much more important than only the the meaning of the word however i understood then that i i i love much more to work with people and so i i i worked as a labor uh, in in the factory and I loved it very much because uh, to create things together with other humans it's I think this is the, the most beautiful process and that's why we are humans I believe that strongly so <clears throat> of course there are exceptions great writers uh, great uh, painters, whatever. But in generally, I believe uh, I, I'm more that type. And so it was naturally that out of my interest, I, I found my way into this business. And in the first place, I wanted really to create things together with others. Uh, I, I became a member of a video collective in Zurich, and we worked all, everything together. Until, you know, after five years, I find out that I had I had more ideas to express things than others which might more be much more interested in you know lights or camera techniques or, or whatever but we had the strong idea you know as a corporate um, group that we should do things all together so <clears throat> that was the, the moment where I understood that I'm also driven by formal aspects you know of how creating things and how it sh they should look. So my first film I made with this group together, but I lead them to create my own m movies and they were at that time all of <laughs> very experimental stuff. And it was uh, very, very unique. I didn't knew that I'm doing something unique until, you know, the the art um, museum started to buy <laughs> my stuff. <laughs> then I felt, aha, okay, it has some importance, but I, I was not driven by that. And I didn't like the idea that I should be in an in a ivory tower of art, you know. So, so end of the 80s, I left it and I, I went to, to work with the, with the TV uh, on popular cinema stuff, you know. Uh, until I created then my own company, yeah. So it's, I'm driven by my own obsession, that's for sure, and in the same time, I love to work with people together. It's, you know, <clears throat> I was a radical, you saw in my film, and um, I still believe that humans should work together and equal, even if they are diverse. How easy is it for an Arab filmmaker now to make movies than it was, let's say, 20 years ago. Mm. I think you had said before in another yeah. interview that they were bound by religious uh, restraint. You know, there were ways that yeah. they had to present something. Yeah. Has it changed for them? Uh, <coughs> I'm, <coughs> I mean, I'm, I'm in a privileged situation in Switzerland. I, I'm belonging to, the, to that kind of uh, migrant kids or migrant filmmakers which made their own way abroad. But even though it, it, it was always difficult to, to get money in Europe uh, for that kind of movies because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's really 
funny, you know, I'm representing Switzerland with Iraqi Odyssey. I believe strongly that, that, that it, it makes sense because Switzerland is not anymore that Heidi land, you know, uh, which is existing only with cheese and chocolate and, and forests and lakes. It's, it's full with migrants, so it's, it's okay. But <coughs> uh, the, the most of my colleagues in the Arab world are struggling hard because uh, it's really difficult to finance uh, this kind of films. Uh, you have only the chance <coughs> to get a lot of money from Europe because in France or in Norwich, uh, also in Switzerland, there are always small fundings for the support of, you know, uh, filmmakers in Africa, Latin America or, or uh, Asia. But it's a, it's, it's a problem. I, I, I'm, I'm also a producer, so I always am confronted, you know, with colleagues which are offering me a new project in the Arab world. I have always to tell them, okay, you have really to think over because if I'm looking for money in, in Europe, we have so many obligations to fulfill that you have to be aware that your film will be in a way created by neo-colonial structures because the Europeans say if we give money you have to take the DOP, if we give money you have to edit it here, you have to do the post-production here, blah blah blah. So at the end it's, it's not, it's, it's difficult, you know, I mean to, to create that kind of structures, even especially for, for someone like me which is aware about what is the meaning of this, you know, economical structures, you know, the, who, who, who is empowering whom and uh, all that stuff. So <coughs> the, the situation for the Arab filmmakers is really, really difficult, not only because they have to fight the dictatorship like in, in Egypt now again and in Syria, uh, but in Iraq you are, as an example, very depending to the Ministry of Culture and which fraction you belong and, you know, uh, one of the young filmmakers now is living in New York and the other one is is pleasing the minister, you know, in Baghdad. Uh, they are the two most promising talents, but you see every one of them goes in a different way, you know. Do you wish you made this film ten years earlier? Yeah, but it would not be possible. But I wish, honestly, I, I wished really, that's interesting, You, why do you know? <laughs> Yes, 10 years ago uh, it would be much more important to tell this story the people because I, I, um, I believe <coughs> if, if I would have told that film 10 years ago it might have helped people to understand better the situation on the ground in Iraq and in the whole Middle East. On the other hand, in these 10 years the social media uh, changed the whole Arab world so intensively and also in my own reflection on on the ground. I think 10 years ago my film would be maybe even more depressive because uh, now I see through the social media much more hope of change in the Arab world <coughs> which was 10 years ago not so obvious. It was not so obvious, you know, <coughs> but uh, <coughs> but the Arab Spring, 
in 2011 <coughs> showed how a new revolution will will be created and at the same moment we are talking now in Lebanon and Iraq there are organizing the young people young artists politicians NGO members through the social media the biggest demonstration ever in Iraq and in Lebanon against the government against corruption and calling for a secular uh, government and this is really something incredible and it's a pity that I don't read that in the newspaper here you know but on on, on Facebook and on Twitter I get every 10 minutes a, a message out what's going on you know and and it's very promising so I would say 10 years ago yeah it would be politically wiser to do that film but um, 10 years later like today it represents much more the the hope and the spirit of the new generation in the Middle East.